I speak to diverse people like Ezra. I find out that you can actually eat 27 bananas in one day because I did not know that until today. Uh, 25, sorry. I don't want to overstate. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shremko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Hey everyone, welcome back to Think, Act, Get, Episode 8. Ezra Firestone here with my partner as always, James Shramko. James, how you doing? Doing well, Ezra. Can you believe it? We're up to number eight. You know, it's going quick. It's exciting and I'm, I'm very happy about it. That's uh, eight full weeks, actually probably more like nine. Well, this week we have a, a subject that's really relevant, has been very relevant in my life lately and it's something that I've been seeking and that is balance. And I feel like everyone is seeking balance, a work-play balance, balance in their relationships, balance between giving and receiving. And I've noticed that when things are in balance, they grow faster. So in this episode, we're exploring balance and some of the ways you can experience more of it in your business and your life. (laughs) Oh, dear. This is going to be fun. Uh, Just a reminder to listeners, I don't know what the topic is until right now. This is like a spring surprise because Ezra does the show notes and I do the post-show production. And by I, I mean my team. So I've got to be careful about that. I don't want to upset anyone. They'll probably insert a weird sound effect or something. (laughs) But... I'm not so sure about balance. Let's explore this topic. Yeah, let's get into it because I'm quite sure about it. So I think this is a, this will be a fun one. So, you know, when your body's out of balance, it displays symptoms. When your business is out of balance, it displays symptoms as well. So, for example, when I ate only fruit for two years, that was a travesty. You know, 25 bananas a day is just not a good idea. And I displayed. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> Did you just say 25 I bananas did. a day? There's a book. Uh, there's there's actually a, one of these raw food books called like 30 bananas a day or 15 bananas a minute. I don't know if it's, it's 15 bananas a minute or whatever it is. But it's, So Ezra, were you a fruitarian? I was I was like 95% a fruitarian and I'd have the occasional you know avocado or bag of nuts. I don't or think it worked out that well for Steve Jobs, right? Was he a fruitarian? Yeah, of course he was. And he denied treatment for cancer because he thought he could combat it with his um, own dietary methods and his um, reality distortion device. And then by the time he reverted to normal medicine, it was too late and he's dead. Whoa. Well, I didn't know that about him. I have to read his. I have his autobiography or his. I have his book sitting right here. I've got to read it. It was definitely the best book that I read that year. That Steve Jobs thing. It was inspirational. I highly recommend it as a read for listeners. Awesome. Well, I'm going to get through it. Maybe we'll read it together, listeners. Okay. So, 25 bananas a day. <laughs> yeah, my experience with that was that it was it was not a good idea. Did not work out well for me either. You so. could ask me. You could have asked me that. I would tell you it's not a good idea. It's it's obvious. <laughs> you know, it seems obvious now, but at the time, <laughs> it seemed like a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> what were you smoking? I was I was high on life, man. Uh, <laughs> So that's not a good idea. And now this is where you'll come in and talk about business owners. Okay, so business owners who are looking to, I mean, they're obsessed with getting customers, always just getting customers, getting customers, getting customers. And they should actually be taking care of the ones they've already got. 
that, that's a much easier business and it's more profitable. So I talk about this marketing capacity seesaw where I, I see this all the time. Everyone's obsessed with the marketing. They bring in the customers and then they have this old oh shit moment. I've got these customers and I can't supply or I can't get to them, especially service businesses where you have actually selling hours whether it's you or a team, and it's this, I've got to get the marketing, then the capacity. So if people spent more time on the capacity and making sure they had a robust system for delivery, then I guess you'd say their business is more balanced. But, you know, where I have this exception to the balance thing is, tell me any Olympic athlete that's balanced. You know, tell me any high-end monetary financial success, like billionaire or millionaire, are they balanced? They're never balanced. They've always got like four or five kids. They're maybe on their second wife. They spend an inordinate amount of time at work. They are hardcore, all or nothing people. But I think that they're balanced. Take the Olympic athlete example. I think they're absolutely balanced in that realm. Like, okay, fine. That all their attention is on this one goal. But in order to get there, they need a certain level of working out, a certain level of diet, a certain level of training. Like they have this crazy coordination within the cycles that they're doing to achieve these specific goals. And so what I'm saying, and this is goes yeah, right. They in all the- fail. They, they they get chronic fatigue syndrome. Their knees knack out. Their relationships bust up. Like life is a misery for an Olympian. They are all or nothing beasts living for this one purpose, and everything is skewed to that. And there's barely a scrap of balance. There's no balance waking up at four in the morning and swimming a hundred laps of the pool, or eating like uh, thoroughbred f- food and. They are machines. They've almost switched off a part of living to achieve this one goal. I'd say they're completely out of balance. Well, I think it depends. I think it's all about what your goal is and where what it is you're trying to do. So for me, for example, I would like a nice amount of work and success and, and money and a nice amount of pleasure and fun and relationship and intimacy. So like I want the whole pie. I don't just want – I don't want a billion dollars. That's too much. That's more than direction than I'd like to go because what comes with that. And so I think that diversity often oh, – Hang on. Sounds like you're agreeing with me. Well, I, I <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. Look, when you put up the topic, it doesn't mean we both see the same point of view. And that's the whole point of this podcast. We're just going to flesh out different sides. And I'm half being cheeky with you when I stir you a little bit. Well, I think you're actually agreeing with me is what I think is happening. I think I'm bringing you around <laughs> to my point of view here because when we started, you were like balance schmalance and now you're all about it. So. Yeah, yeah look, it's, it's, a, it's fair. Let's just flesh it out more. All right, so keep, keep it rolling. Yeah, diversity often creates balance. And so we're going to roll right in. I think this is a really imp- – like I firmly and strongly believe in the importance and value of this topic. And so we're going to roll right into some tips in this area. So some areas of diversification that will create balance in your business. All right, so diversification. You must be talking about Own the Race Course here. Uh, which is my concept of having control of your asset and being in control means less compromise and less compromise means you have traffic coming to your own website that you control and own from all different channels. So this is called channel marketing and that way if any one of them fails, you still survive. So I would call that a balance of traffic that it's not heavily skewed in just one direction like so many marketers put themselves in and for that matter an extension of that is when you get that traffic of course it's useless unless you convert it and so I've formed this concept of the chocolate wheel and 
the chocolate wheel is like that big prize wheel that you spin. And and I used to run this car dealership, this Mercedes-Benz dealership, and I realized that people would come into the business at different points on the wheel. They might come in as a service customer and then they would buy a new car or they might come and buy a new car but then become a service customer or they might be up for a finance renewal and come in and buy a car or they might buy a car and then finance it. So they would come in at one point and then experience different products and services that were available within that environment. So low ticket, mid ticket, high ticket, front end, back end, cross sell, upsell, it's whatever you want to call it. I just call it a chocolate wheel. But by having multiple options for that same customer, you now have a balance across your business of where the money's coming in and uh, how you can sustain that cash flow. Absolutely. And it keeps you, you know, when you only have like, there's many, many e-commerce store owners that I know that solely rely on uh, search engine rankings in Google. And they're just at such a high risk with their business and their whole lives, their whole monetary lives are balanced on this one source of traffic. And it's just not a healthy business. And, you know, I learned this next one from you uh, through Wealthification, which is that you always train two people for every task. Because that way, if one person bails, there's someone else who knows how to do it. And the same goes for the the balance between strategy and implementation. You know, a lot of people struggle with this one. And they're either spending too much time thinking about what to do and not doing it, or they're spending too much time doing things that bring them no value. And I think that if you're going to err on one side of that equation, that it's better to err on the side of action. So not getting stuck in the old analysis paralysis. But you have to make sure that your methods are sound before you begin implementing. So the best way that I've found is to copy proven systems. For example, when I was looking at how to start an information bl- like a marketing business and a blog sharing my marketing information, I went and I found someone who was doing this in a way that felt really good to me, that was clearly successful, that had integrity, that looked like a business model that I wanted to replicate, and I asked them about it, and that was James at Superfast Business. So one of the things – this is, brings me back to copying – proven system. So follow James's blog at Superfast Business. Follow my blog at Smart Marketer. Find other blogs that are sharing information that's working, that, that there's proven results for because they're sharing what's worked for them. We're sharing what's worked for us. And that's how you, you know, reinventing the wheel is really good and innovating is really good, but it's best to innovate once you're already successful, once you once your system's in place. Yeah, you know, I guess we're talking about a market balance there. So when I was crafting Superfast Business, I just drew a short list of the top three blogs that I think represented the kind of result that I wanted to achieve and that was the market showing me the top and I I took those three made some ideas around how I wanted to approach the market and then rolled out with my first iteration now of course I've changed it over and over again based on heat maps and conversion experts and customer preferences and then changes within my own business how I want to present my models or brands but I guess that's a market leveling or a balance there. Now, if smart marketers like Superfast Business and then a couple of other sites, and, and now actually, it's funny, in our web development company, almost every day, someone puts in a job and asks us to have something like Superfast Business. Eventually, the market will level out and I'll need to iterate again and leap forward. So if things become too balanced, that can actually erode your innovation. It can actually attack your market profitability. So again, the high perf- my argument is the high performers are going to be a little bit out of balance in favor of a bit more hardcore than the rest of the pack. You know, I don't actually think that your model, like 
yeah, the website changes and you're going to innovate and you're always innovating and doing cool stuff and people are always going to copy you because what you're doing works and it's cool and people like it. And But your fundamental model of putting out free information that serves your marketplace to show them that you know what you're doing so that when you have stuff that is not free, they're interested in taking you up on that is like the fundamental model that I'm replicating. I think it's a fantastically brilliant model. You know, I'm going to share some stats on this. This is This should fascinate anyone interested in stats. I may have mentioned in a previous podcast that I used to have front-end products, like little cheap products that people could buy. And I was looking at my the bottom 20% of customers purchased, generated 1% of my revenue. But here's the big stat. The bottom 40% of customers generated 2% of my revenue. 2%. Now, I scrapped that. At the beginning of this year, I'm like, okay, no more front-end products. Now it's all free podcasts. Wow. Go for your life. Have as many free podcasts. Have own the race course free. Have blog posts and videos every day free. And you want to come on board with a paid product, it's a recurring product. Well, guess what the stats look like in this year, already year to date. In the first two months of 2013, the bottom 40% of my customers have generated 6% of revenue. And they've already purchased half of last year's revenue in the first two months of this year. So they're like triple. It's really changed the dynamic of my model mix by changing that approach. So I do actually encourage people on a strategy implementation point of view, you can't really give away too much free stuff because if you have a paid product that it leads to, it's just going to let more people find out about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think scarcity model is dead and you share everything. Give them everything. I'm really, I'm with you on that. All right, let's move on. Yep. And, you know, just to give the listeners a bit of context here, our goal is to like not have these things go on too long to really get through it and keep it moving. And, you know, I tend to ramble and James tends to ramble. So and here I am rambling again. Hang on a second. We know who the rambler is here. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. I've been accused of that in the past and I'll I'll fess up to it. Pretty good, man. I got to give it to you. You go on some runs and I'm like, that was a good run. Like, I think we're equal. I think you actually hold your own in that area. Yeah, you're probably right. So some areas of of diversification that will create balance. in your life. All right. So routines, love routines. Routines have changed my life. I resisted this about, well, it's probably six years ago. I quit my job and it was the most amazing thing to not have to put on a suit and tie, hop in the car and drive off to work because I felt trapped. I felt like I was imprisoned with corporate slavery. I was a wage slave selling my time and having one source of payment. And I thought that I didn't want to have a staff, I didn't want to uh, have a routine, I'll be completely free of schedule and I'm now free. It couldn't be further from the truth. The fact is, routine sets you free. So I now, even though I'm a free agent and I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, I love routines. We are recording this call according to an iCal alert that pops up once a week and the evidence is we are eight episodes into this in nine weeks. And the one week we couldn't do it was when you were traveling and I was traveling and you were tired and yeah, I'll let you off the hook, but that's okay. So here's the thing. The routine is what sets it up to make it happen. So I have Burger Friday and pretty much everyone who's a friend of mine or friend of a friend on Facebook knows that every Friday I post a picture of me having lunch down at the beach in Sydney and that's something I look forward to. Now today when we record this is a Thursday so I know it's coming up tomorrow. I can work really hard today knowing that I'm going to be down at the beach having a coffee, soaking up the sea air and the sun of Sydney. 
that creates, I guess, a work-life balance, if you want to call it that. It means I can take my wife down for a burger, I can relax, I can not be working, and I can just enjoy the moment and realize that I've created a lifestyle that I wanted and I'm not beholden to someone else's schedule. I'm the one who sets my routine, so I don't feel that I've compromised. And I absolutely do want to call it that. <laughs> but yeah, no, man, you, you've gotten me more excited about routines, honestly, since we've been talking and hanging out. Okay, so this next topic, I think, is probably better for you. You're, you're like the movement master. I mean, if, if we did a little survey around who's got a massage table in their house, I think you'd be the one that says yes, right? <laughs> that is absolutely true. I got actually right behind me as we speak, going to get busted out this evening. Uh, so, so movement, you know, your body is your vehicle and it's so important. And the funny thing is, is that you don't need a ton of it. And I talk about this to keep you in balance and keep your body feeling good. That I think that it's really important for those of us who work in front of a computer, those of us who spend a lot of time uh, in a stagnant, you know, in stagnance to move our bodies. I think that movement keeps you in balance, keeps you feeling good. And if your body's not feeling good, you're not going to have the stamina. You're not going to have the uh, uh, same level of attention. You're just not going to be up to snuff. And so I think movement's really a really important part of life. And it's something that everyone should do. And you don't need much of it to keep yourself feeling good. And the next one is inspiration. So I think it's a really good idea to keep yourself inspired by consuming new and diverse information. So this was actually for you, James. You can list all the info you consume. I guess I did go on a little bit of a ramble here. So, Well, how long have we got? No, I think in terms of balance, if you want to be able to approach things with an open mind, then it's good to take different perspectives. So I think I've told the story about when I was starting to learn selling, I went out and bought all of the different religious books, you know, the Bible and the Quran and the, the Buddhist stuff and the Scientology one, the one that keeps following me up every year for, forever, uh, because I wanted to get... I saw those guys today. <laughs> Well, you're one of them, aren't you? Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what I've been told. You've got to go back and listen to a previous episode, listener, if you don't know what we're talking about here. It's an in-joke. Someone commented that Ezra's a Scientologist. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but apparently he's not. Anyway, I wanted to get a broad overview of it so I could have a balanced opinion about such things as religion or whatever. And certainly, I wanted to understand sales. I wanted to understand how billions of people can be convinced that they're God is the only God and everyone else is wrong. Like what sales psychology is going on there? What sorcery, what trickery, what devices? I mean, it is fascinating. But the best way to understand that is to go and look at all the different ones and see what they're doing, to see the wizard behind the curtain and how the little pieces are being moved around. So for that reason, I consume books, Kindles, podcasts, uh, listen to different music. I speak to diverse people like Ezra. I find out that you can actually eat 27 bananas in one day because I did not know that until today. Uh, oh, 25, sorry. I don't want to overstate. <laughs> 25, 25 bananas in a day. It still blows my mind, but I didn't know that until today. So now I have a more balanced view of diet and I know where the edges lie. And I'm guessing that's right to the edge and even just a little bit past it. Oh, that's, that's just a little bit past. You add on the two pounds of grapes for breakfast and now you're just over the moon. <laughs> and this, this brings us in to diet. 
Now, diet, man, it's hard to talk to people about diet, but I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to throw it out there because I've tried everything, veganism, raw food. I've experimented and read a lot about diet. And what I've come to, the realization that I've come to, uh, and this, there's a book called The Omnivore's Dilemma by a guy called Michael Pollan. And it's just the most fantastic and fascinating book about humans and what we're able to consume. And it turns out that human, the human body can thrive on pretty much any type of diet. There's tribes in Papua New Guinea who drink blood and eat yogurt and are just super healthy. And health is so much more than just diet. So my viewpoint on diet is have your birthday cake. Eat what makes you feel good, but have everything in moderation. So like the level of neuroses that came along with being a raw foodist when I was thinking about food all the time and counting calories and all that stuff, like that level of neuroses around food is at least as unhealthy, if not more, than just eating whatever you want and enjoying it. So I say eat what makes you feel good and that your mind is your most powerful weapon. So there's a fascinating, you know, it's a placebo effect. There's a fascinating uh, study called the dodo bird study. It's the dodo bird verdict. And it's a controversial phenomenon in psychology, which states that all psychotherapies, regardless of their specific components, produce equivalent outcomes. And it wor- they discovered, and if you should read this book, it's really far out, uh, a book called Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. And they discovered that these medicines and these big pharmaceutical drugs and diets and all this kind of stuff works to the extent that the patients believe that it will. And they like came to that beyond a shadow of a doubt, which just proves all this other stuff that I already believe that your mind really is your most powerful weapon. So eat whatever makes you feel good and be happy about it. Well, that pretty much explains religion, astrology, Oprah. (laughs) People are very easy to convince just about anything if they believe it. Witch doctors, you know, if they they tell you you're going to die, you probably start acting consistently with it. Or I read somewhere once that if you people who fake a sick day often get sick because they've tricked themselves into thinking they are sick that you know in doing the act it's actually invoked the uh, physical reaction. Fascinating stuff. Um, good book around this sort of stuff is willpower as well we talked about once before. Okay, did you like it? Well, I haven't. I'm not through it yet. I've got a stack here. <sighs> Steve Jobs, I got willpower, I got every lean startup, I got all these books now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll get through it quick. I'll let you know. So I'm going to move into the question. I'm going to skip this next one here and move straight into the question, which is, where are you out of balance? You know, and, and the way that you can find that out is by looking for symptoms. You know, are you breaking out in rashes? Do you have dark circles under your eyes? Perhaps your sleep-wake cycle is out of balance. You know, like you can look for evidence and evidence looks like things that don't feel good to you or things that are not going well in your business. And then you can trace those back to why and you can sort that out and it'll be helpful. So the weekly willpower wager is that uh, we'd like you to identify one area that's out of balance in your life or in your business. And for the next seven days, deliberately spend 30 minutes working towards balance in that area and report back to us in iTunes with how that went. Yeah, and also, I guess it's worth, given our discussion around this, figure out if the balance is worth it or not. And, you know, the strong memory that I have is just before I quit my job, I was way out of balance. I was only getting three hours sleep a night. I was working two jobs. I had my, my primary job and then my business, and I knew it. I was burning the candle at both ends and I was on a a time limit. I could not sustain that lifestyle. And the reason I persisted with it was that I could see a light at the end of the tunnel being the freedom, the ability to let go of my job. And it required that burn rate to get there. And I was prepared to pay the price. I probably almost killed myself. However, 
I got there and it all turned out great and I have a fantastic life now. So if you are out of balance, make sure it's worth being out of balance for. Maybe it's an Olympic medal. Maybe it's to quit your job. Maybe it's to achieve something that's just a one-off shot in life. So don't feel as though you have to balance out today. That's my tip. If you are out of balance and it's worth it, then put a time limit on it or, or as Ezra said, put a plan in place to save yourself from being out of balance at some point that you determine that is fair and reasonable. And, you know, that has me thinking that this whole episode, I've been coming from the viewpoint that being out of balance was inherently wrong. And you know what? It's not. It's not. I am seeking balance in my life, which is why this is so important to me. But if it, I think it's a really good point that you made, that if you're out of balance for a specific reason and you're aware of that, I think what I'm urging you to do is just be aware and acknowledge. Yeah, be aware of where you're at on the balance scale. That's, that's a good one. You see, Ezra, you're successful, you're healthy, you're in a good place. And I imagine they've got the odd listener who's got a massive credit card bill, is not getting enough sleep is pissed off with one area of their life could be a relationship a job that that they hate that if you know if they're ticking over right now they might not be in a perfect state of harmony but it's it's about saying right okay there is there is balance to be achieved you can actually dial in a life you want and it might not come today it might be a project but i guess if i could help someone make a difference then this podcast is worth doing that that's that's the whole goal absolutely And that brings us right in to our news and updates. So, speaking of podcasts, the Smart Marketer podcast was submitted to iTunes today, and that's my interview model podcast where I'll be interviewing uh, other business owners and crazy, probably rough, you know, crazy people. (laughs) Interesting, interesting, wild people on this podcast that you'll be meeting. I have no doubt. No so, doubt at all. You could, Maybe you can find someone who's eaten 50 bananas in a day. Dude, I can, I find, you, you. I can find you a guy who has consumed more bananas. And, you, and this is coming from a guy who used to order from Fresh Direct. Fresh Direct is a service that drops off food at your house in New York City. I used to order cases. I'd have two cases of bananas in my room at all times. So I'm pretty high on the, <laughs> on the banana consumption scale. But I'll, I, will, I will introduce you to a man who has consumed himself many a banana. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, we'll talk about that another time. Um, Another piece of news is that I've been asked to be a contributing author to the website practicalecommerce.com, which I'm quite excited about because I really enjoy their information on e-commerce and I'm honored to have been asked to contribute to that website because I respect them and I respect what they're doing there. So check out practicalecommerce.com. They've got really good information on uh, e-commerce business. Uh, so if you're interested in that, check that out. And James, you've got a bit of news with SEO services, don't you? Yeah, I had spent a little bit of time with my team in the last few weeks. One of the things was they took over the editing and production of Think, Act, Get. So from episode six and episode seven was completely ninja sorted. Like all we did was give them the raw material, like your side of the conversation and my side of the conversation. They joined it up together and put in the sound effects and put it up there on the interwebs and prepared the blog post and then prepped the email. So that was joyous for me because it means I can focus on the part that I like, which is laughing at how many bananas you can eat. Secondly, but I'm not judging you, Ezra. I'm not judging you. You can eat as many as you want and not feel bad about it. Secondly... I'll, I'll bring a, I'll bring some dry mate, bananas. Don't bring from, uh, food to Australia. To Sydney it's like June. the toughest quarantine. You'll be putting it in the bin. Yeah, they'll fine you and... And send you packing. Just my tip. 
Um, I always laugh at the tourists who bring in like suitcases of exotic goods as if we don't have food in Australia. Mate, we have like the best produce in the world. It's not the place... it's not the place to import food. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> oh, my God, that's right. You do. You know, I was in Australia when I was a fruitarian, and I remember thinking I could live here based on the strength of the fruit. We have the most amazing livestock and fresh produce in the world for most things. It's like our second biggest export after metal or whatever, or coal. So anyway, don't do that. Also, with regards to uh, my business, what, what I did with the team is we sat down and worked out how we can streamline our services and we bundled up we we call it a roll up but we rolled up three of our services into one brand under seo partner now we added an expert pack so for people like us podcasters we will add uh, media to the blog post like an audio or a video and then we create bullet points exactly like think act get in fact it's the same team and then we put a custom picture usually a cartoon and we publish that for the customer. We do that every single week. So that was one of the most exciting innovations that we did was to roll up some of our services underneath that big brand. And SEO Partner is a very strong company now for anyone wanting to promote their website, works on e-commerce stores or podcasts or um, small business sites, even some top 100 inks use our services now. So I'm delighted to have that simplicity for customers. And I'll tell you what, speaking of, I was having a look at a SEO partner today. Your prices are are very, very, very reasonable. I was impressed with, uh, with your pricing. So good on you for that. So listeners, if you are enjoying thinkactget.com and, and our podcast, we would love it if you'd go to iTunes and leave us a comment or head to our uh, uh, website and leave us a comment. And we've got a couple comments here that I'm going to ask James to read out to you. And maybe I'll read a couple too. Um, we got a lot of feedback this week. Okay, so this one is um, the advice from one episode changed my year. Uh, this is from Dean Hunt, who, in full disclosure, is a wonderful friend of mine, and I didn't know that he commented on this till Ezra sent this to me, but he was listening to episode three about communication, and James and Ezra gave a tip on how to frame your message for maximum effect. So if you haven't listened to episode three, you'll want to go and listen to it now, because Dean said, I took this advice and used it on a phone call later that day. I framed my message just like James did when collecting debt, when he was a debt collector, and it worked. It was a lead to an incredible opportunity that will really help my business in many ways. This is my favorite of the Shramco podcast. James and Ezra are very different personalities, so they give two great views on the same topics. Actionable, to the point, interesting, different. I love it. My only complaint is that I would love it if the episodes were 20 to 30 minutes longer. I love it that much. Dean Hunt. Thanks, Dean. Hot dog. Thanks, Dean. All right, Ezra, what else you got? Well, we've got another. (laughs) We'll just, we'll switch off on them. How about that? So we've got... uh... This one was posted uh, just a few days ago by MT Surf right there in iTunes. And she said, or he said, if you need to get motivation going in your life, I highly suggest you listen up. You'll get info to get moving now, which is really what a life of purpose is all about. So enjoy. Well, thanks. Okay. And Emerson Tamu said, uh, creative, productive outlooks that will brighten your day. It's another five stars. Yay. Um, Shramko and Ezra. How come you're not Firestone? It's like James and Firestone. Like, a lot of people call me Shramco, but I don't mind because I guess it's kind of unique. Uh, Shramco and Ezra are absolutely brilliant. They shared knowledge of their success will make you think, and before you know it, going to be doing more throughout the day. Uh, not only enjoyable the second time 
They're also more beneficial. Listening to them more than once will raise your eyebrows. I, I got to admit, actually, when I was doing the editing and listening back to the episodes, like on the aeroplane or whatever, I, I was actually laughing in my seat. The lady next to me probably thought I was a lunatic. You know, I'm, I'm listening to this thing and laughing. And I was sort of hoping she'd say, hey, which channel are you on? I'm like, hey, you got to go to iTunes for this one, lady. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. If you want to call him Shrammy, that's the one I'm, I'm bringing in. I'm bringing Shrammy. I got a bunch of people calling you Shrammy now, dude. Everyone in the SEO Masterminds were referring to as Shrammy. Uh, I've even got, I got one guy calling you Shramalam. Shramalam. Well, you know, John Carlton calls me Shrakmo because he misspelt my name. And then he sent me a, a <laughs> John Carlton custom sales letter email um, proposing that I change my name to make it, it would be better and it would serve my future generations <laughs> better to have Shrakmo. Oh. Uh, as it was far better than Shramco. <laughs> and I almost did it. It was so compelling. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Well, I won't be Stonefire. I'll stick with Firestone. Uh, Dan says, another, ep- another enjoyable episode, guys. I like how you're both digging into the mindset of success with this show. Shows an often overlooked side of business success, especially with the online business. A couple of suggestions for future shows. Combating perfectionism. And the power of checklists and organization. You guys are the best. Keep it up. Well, thanks, Dan. And I will make a note of these and throw them into an upcoming uh, episode. Nice. And Amanda Evans says, this episode really hit a spot with me as this is exactly how I feel this week. I especially love that you smacked me with the notion that being overwhelmed comes with not being organized. This is so true. Sometimes you need to just step back, look at the big picture, breathe, and then just get into it. Cleaning up my office also helped. Thanks, guys. Keep the apps coming. And I, I think Amanda's spot on there. Whenever I feel a little bit overwhelmed, and I do often because we tend to fill up our hopper as soon as we empty it, it again, and I just clear out the desk, I clear out the office, I wipe the boards down to nothing, and then I might just write up one or two things that I want to focus on, and I just forget everything else. That's probably the easiest way to get through that. So you know what time it is, Ezra, and I'm not talking about eating more bananas? I think it might be time for Think About It. Think about it. Okay, you ready for a quote? Balance, peace, and joy are the fruit of a successful life. It starts with recognizing your talents and finding ways to serve others by using them by Thomas Kincaid. In fact, that's not dissimilar to something my mentor told me, which was enjoy lack of drama. And I'll quote that to the lunatic millionaire. (laughs) Um, And I now know what he meant. When you actually have less drama and when you do have that peaceful balance and joy, that really is success. It's not just money in the bank. And it's not having time freedom if you don't have anything to do with it. It's about creating stuff like this. I love this podcast because we get to share stories and it might actually help someone. So it's not just us talking to ourselves and then it's wasted. It's leveraged. It's out there. And it's perpetuated. That comes from us finding what our talents are. But, you know, your talent, for example, this is, I thought this was just so relevant to who you are as a person. You're such a giver. I was telling someone else through an email the other day that, and we'll just take one of your talents. One of your talents is taking a piece of content or taking a message and being able to spread it through to a community. So, yes, we put this podcast together, but your talent of syndicating that and spreading that and marketing that, and, you know, I'm adding to that as well, but it's mainly you who's doing the syndication of this podcast. And so, you're getting this out for everyone and we're getting a bunch of feedback. People are emailing me and messaging me and thanking us. And so I really think that you do, that this quote is uh, quite relevant to how you be as a person. Oh, thanks. That's very nice. And I, I guess I should 
pass some credit through to my mum, who is the ultimate networker of anyone on the planet. Uh, and she does it old school. Like this lady, my mum, she will talk to any stranger any time about anything and build rapport. And it's like she has built a master, massive communication network old school. So I'm just using new technology to do something that's imprinted into my family DNA. Is she going to be at Fast Web Formula 4? Because perhaps her and I could share a banana and hang out. And... <sighs> you you want to... <laughs> I want, I'm warning you. <laughs> I'd like to meet her. Just, yeah, I'd like Rena, to meet her, man. You know that thing you do with your ears or whatever? She sort of does that with her voice. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. Bring, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a point of it. If she's around, I'm going to have lunch with her. Uh, all right. So here we go. The best and safest thing is to keep a balance in your life, acknowledge the great powers around us and in us. If you can do that and live that way, you really are a wise person. And that was by Euripides way back in 484 BC. They were thinking about this kind of stuff. This is old, like everything. This is like exactly what we've been saying, the same thing over and over. And you know, when I, I feel like, you know, when you read all those religion books and I feel like with religion, like fundamentally, everyone is saying a very similar yeah, thing. Yeah, what is it? Something like do good things, you'll have an amazing afterlife. Do bad things, you'll go to hell. And I think it's a great way to crowd control. All right, so we've been talking about mindset, behavior, results, um, focusing around this whole thing about balance. And the thing is, most people are seeking it, this illusion of balance. It's kind of like the perfection one. Maybe it's there, maybe it's not, but it's not always a bad thing if you're out of balance. That's my point of view. That's the controversy. That's the different angle that Ezra probably never expected me to pitch in with. But we've kind of agreed on, on most topics here that it's good to have when you can get it. Not everyone's at it right now, and that's okay, but just the most important thing is recognize where you're at in terms of balance. If you are completely out of balance, just recognize it's probably not sustainable and something's going to break. So if you can get things back in balance, and I'm particularly talking about partnerships here. If partnerships are out of balance, they break. So if you can recognize where you are on the, the seesaw, or if you're balanced or completely out of whack, that's a good starting point. And then just put in a timeline and some steps to get to where you want to be and make sure that it's all worth it when you do this. James, thank you so much, man. This was a good episode. Listener, thank you for listening in, and we'll catch you on the next one. I'm off to have myself a banana now. It's just for some reason it's 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 on my mind. You ought to try apple bananas. You ever had apple bananas? Oh, God, I'll tell you about apple bananas, man. They are good. I'll have to check them out. (laughs) Yeah. All right, man. I'll catch you later. (laughs) Thanks, Ezra. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.